What is up, everyone? Spencer Sue here, your tech realtor of the Bay Area, and welcome to another edition of our weekly Friday market update. Every Friday, I look into any sort of relevant headline articles that I want to share with my network that I find very interesting related to real estate. And then we also dig into the different results of the counties as to what has been going on over the last several months, but more importantly, what's likely to come. So without further ado, let's get going for this one. So first and foremost, average US 30-year mortgage rate rises from all-time low. I get this question a lot, which is, what is my prediction and forecast to real estate, uh, to interest rates, and do I see it continue to go down? While the Federal Reserve had basically expressed that at least for the next five years, that they're gonna, they're gonna keep the interest rates uh, at, a, at a very low figure. What does that mean for mortgage rates? Now, you look at you have to look at two things. Is it likely to drop? Potentially. However, these are still incredible times to be able to lock in a mortgage rate for a 15-year or a 30-year fixed term. And so if it does drop, then it's all good too, because you can always refinance if it does drop further. But rather than try to time it and bet that it'll keep going and then waiting until then who knows what prices will be at that time who knows what the lending requirements will be so it's not a good idea to try to be cute and try to time it when you already are leveraging these crazy low figures so keep that in mind when it comes to this because right now it's pretty pretty much hovering you can see it's only 0.01 percent up than what it was a week ago and so what that means is ultimately it's going to be temp it's going to be depending on the bank I've seen other people get under 2.87, some have got 2.5, even lower than that. So there is a lot of really low rates right now. This is just an average in aggregate, including people that don't have good credit. So it's something just to be aware of, like the rates are phenomenal right now. You wanna really do the calculation. If you're in the renting position, you wanna do the calculation of what is my rent? What does it make sense to become a homeowner? And then you can also do all the tax benefits and look them up to see what is the benefit of home ownership. Because the math is, I mean, it's it's hard as uh, you know for the large apartment complexes for rentals right now, given how attractive it is to be a homeowner, especially when there are programs as low as three and a half percent down still this day. So something to be aware of and um, keep it keep that in mind if you're a renter right now, or if you're a someone that's looking for a potential trade up. A lot of people are doing that move right now, given they need more space. Phenomenal time for that as well. I've done several of those just in the last couple of months. Now, one thing you may notice is because interest rates are so low, mortgage lending volume is going to be breaking records, right? Because it is dropped so fast in a short amount of time. So people that have even refinanced just a few months ago, they may want to look at refinancing even again if they did it in the in a couple of months back because of how low it is. Now, many times the same bank does not allow you to do it, but you're welcome to have a conversation with another bank, which would then uh, have a clean slate so you can have that conversation, or you're welcome to reach out to me and I'm happy to introduce you to some of my preferred lenders that can help you when it comes to tr seeing if you can do another refinance. But if the, if the rates keep dropping as they are, it's gonna be incredible from the refinance side. And it's also, obviously been be very beneficial for on the purchase side, being able to get into the market with these crazy low rates. Now, 
Uh, you guys have seen across the board, right now it's not an inventory problem per se. It's an inventory problem relative to, to the demand, but it's more so, it's, it's not a supply problem. It's just the demand is so high. So what does that mean? Because the existing marketplace is transacting very quickly, then the builders are also great candidates for a lot of people. So a lot of people have been taking and snatching up those new properties as fast as possible. And there's several different reasons for why people are choosing new construction. It could be because they're then not in a rush to compete with other people, or at least not as much of a rush. You're not usually bidding against others. There's also the cost of ownership tends to be significantly less given it's a newer home. So there'll be less, like, less things likely to be replaced. Um, a lot of people prefer less uh, of a yard per se. So like condos, townhomes, especially townhomes, and some have like single family development. There's smaller yards and older homes, but they're still big enough to be able to achieve what they wanted to achieve. And so they've been a really popular option for a lot of people. So across the board in the Bay Area, most new construction builds are either increasing prices or they're accelerating their timeline as to the development efforts. Uh, I know I just helped a client buy in Sunnyvale, or at least we closed recently in Sunnyvale. So it was a, a community called Prism. It's a really beautiful community. So if you know anyone that wants to live there, let me know. Happy to do the tour and help you every step of the way. But they moved up their timelines of the next phases by many months. Now, at the same time, there is some uh, delays on potentially opening up. And one of the biggest delays right now, if, if everybody's moving it up, and because when COVID uh, first happened and the shelter in place first happened, a lot of manufacturing supply chain got disrupted. So like appliances, interesting enough, have been slowed and that's happening across uh, all communities. Obviously it depends on the brand and the type of appliances that they have, but we, we really got pushed to the very end because there was a potential delay. Or there was a little bit of a delay for that. So some of the appliances side will be delayed. I know my client just bought a bunch of furniture. So some of those are delayed till all the way to like December, just buying like a nightstand. So something to be aware of that may actually slow them down. Their confidence is at record highs because they're trying to build as fast as they can. But given the lumber market is higher, given there's a lot of supply constraints from a uh, appliances and material perspective, you may see some delays on that. And so uh, while they already have the land, uh, things may be pushed out. What does that mean? It means inventory may be even more constrained, which could lead to even higher prices. So something to be aware of as we see this figure and just take a look at, do a simple search of new home builder indexes, look at uh, the, their stock performance of these companies. They're all doing phenomenally well right now. This is an interesting one that I want to share. How many homes did iBuyers purchase in, in Q2? So what is an iBuyer? An iBuyer are companies like Opendoor, are companies like Zillow has a separate kind of group or division that purchases homes direct. You have Offerpad and then you have Redfin has a, a small one. Zillow and Redfin are really big consumer uh, portals, but they're relatively small when it comes to the iBuying space relative to uh, especially Opendoor. And Opendoor, interesting enough, is going to go through a potential SPAC, which is, we'll have a different conversation about, which is basically going public uh, potentially fairly soon. But either way, uh, if you take a look at the numbers, they they drastically reduced the amount that they were purchasing during Q2, which was right in the uh, right when the shelter in place was first happening. 
Now, for the most part, so, so these numbers will look really bad as they should because they cut a lot of people. They, slot, they stopped a lot of things. Uh, if it wasn't for the stimulus, then who knows where those businesses would have been. However, because of that, you only you can you take you know the cards that you're dealt with. So they've all opened back. They've all continued to expand new markets. And so I suspect that uh, the quarter over quarter is going to be a crazy uh, amount, given that the Q2 numbers are so bad, especially because of the lockdown. So something kind of to keep track of. But the idea is, think about these guys. These guys are basically flippers at a massive scale, right? They're buying homes and then they're selling them direct. But they keep these homes on their books. So, I mean, they're, they have a ton of homes that they need to get rid of. So it's, it'll be really interesting to see how this ultimately plays out. But at the same time, given they are a massive flipper, they clearly see a lot of, they see bullishness across the entire US, hence why they're still buying homes and selling them, even though the margins are, are fairly small. So something to be aware of when it comes to the iBuyer space. So one of the things, and I pointed out over and over again, there's a there's a strategy that's happening across different businesses. The, the big companies, especially the big tech companies, are continuing to buy real estate, and they're not slowing that down at all. REI made an announcement recently when they built this brand new campus. It's such a waste, but they feel like they don't need to have people come into the office anymore. We'll see if they're the smart ones or they are not the smart ones as the years come on because it's too soon right now. But Facebook used this as an opportunity to just buy that space altogether. So while REI va had vacated space, places like um, places like uh, Seattle, like Austin, like New York, uh, obviously the Bay Area, parts of LA, these tech companies are still going to be continuing to acquire these massive spaces because they still very much believe that people, especially younger employees, want to be in the office for that communal aspect, but also the sense of purpose. You can see like they bought the REI property and they also even uh, have lease space all around it, right? So they're not just buying this one building itself. They're also buying all the space around it, which is very fascinating. And this is in Bellevue, right? If you guys know Seattle, what's in Bellevue? Oh, wait, it's Microsoft. So I, I, I've been saying this across the board. What's interesting is across, across every area, wherever there is a large tech hub, it's not just that one company that'll be expanding there. It'll be all sorts of other companies, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Microsoft, or whether it's Google, they all follow the same thing because it is a talent acquisition play and a retention play. So they can always say, hey, look, why don't you just come across the street? Why don't you have a meeting with our recruiters so that you can see why you should move and go to Facebook or vice versa to any other company, right? So they've been doing this game for over a decade and it's not going to change. Um, and it still hasn't changed. It's clearly evidence. I mean, this is, this is only a couple of days ago. So anyone that has a premise that you think Facebook is going to all of a sudden get rid of all the corporate real estate spaces. Um, hopefully you are starting to at least realize through data, which is why I do these exercises and share this, that that's not how these companies think. Now, the, conversely, small to medium-sized businesses, like different tech companies may 
are, will, will likely be different. They may be much more open to it because it's a talent acquisition play. They cannot compete with these companies. And they've always had a, a, had a challenge doing that. So it's interesting to see, but hopefully this gives you some light as to how these companies are thinking. And don't worry about other headline clickbait because this is clearly not getting that much attention, but this is how they're actually playing in terms of their development. So be aware of that. And this is how they think. And I suspect um, this will continue to happen in the Bay Area as well. Now, one of the things which is a troubling thing when it comes to this work from home model you know, JP Morgan did a uh, actually a pretty extensive uh, study and survey, not just survey, because everybody's going to say, hey, look, yeah, I'm, I'm way more productive at home. I don't have to commute. I don't have to do this. Of course, people will, will say that. But at the same time, they're going to have to, they're, they fortunately have measured this themselves to see how is productivity actually better. That's very different than doing a survey, seeing if people will be okay to work from home. Right. Of course, people would love not to have to leave or get dressed or go anywhere, but productivity is a different thing. And so JP Morgan had come out with their study, made the announcement that remote work is no substitute for organic interaction. And this is why they are urging and pushing more workers to return to offices, offices over the coming weeks. The work from home lifestyle seems to have impacted younger employees and overall productivity and a creative combustion has taken a hit. So really interesting to see, right? So they're getting people back in the office. They're required for a lot of people, even the senior people are required to get back in the office by September 21st, which is just in a couple of days. Uh, they're obviously going to comply with all of the requirements in the local cities, but it's something really interesting to see. And I suspect as surveys, not surveys, but as studies come out, a lot of people prefer to have some work in the office especially these days when you have a family and you have kids, like people like the office work because then you can escape from that, escape from that environment. I've seen that happen all the time now with even people at Facebook, those that have families, they are the ones that want to go back in so they can get away from things. It's like a break from the home, the, the life at home, which is kind of nonstop. So really, really interesting to see. And um, especially this was all public, publicly available. All right, so that goes with the latest uh, reports. Let's take a look at the data itself. So where are we related to the market? In terms of San Mateo County, San Mateo County this week, 198 new listings, which is awesome. Uh, it's good to see a much higher number. It's higher than it was previously. Hopefully it keeps going down this path. Contingent pending, still very close. I mean, this is fast. Remember, this is a week by week uh, stat that I'm pulling. So. The fact that basically a lot, if not a majority of homes that are being put on the market will sell in a week gives you an idea about the speed. Now, what does that mean for prices? This is the current uh, number from the last uh, two and a half weeks or so. So September, interesting enough, figures have dropped. So it gives you a good opportunity to get back into the market. Now, it obviously depends because San Mateo County is a really big space. Uh, so obviously you have some cheaper areas and you have some more expensive areas. So it really depend on what kind of property you're looking at. I've seen things still sell for pretty much what they should be expected to sell, but, uh, nothing's too crazy above, which is fortunate. So I'm not seeing too many random spikes when it comes to San Mateo County. However, things, as you can see from the previous chart, things are still moving very quickly. Condos, townhomes, nothing crazy. Like as you can see, it's pretty much the same year over year. 
It's just going to depend on the property itself as to what it will ultimately go for. But it's been relatively flat. So given how low interest rates are, your monthly payments have likely actually dropped for that. So it's been beneficial for those people. Now, let's take a look at new listings here in Santa Clara County. 431, which is wonderful. It's actually been the highest in a, in a long time. At the same time, though, contingent pending, still a very high number. Um, fortunately, not higher than the amount of new listings a week, but still uh, absorbing it very quickly. Price-wise, though, a little bit different story. As I mentioned on my call last week, September, when you looked at the previous week, it was like set to be a, a cr crazy high amount. I mentioned that, hey, look, it was probably going to drop and normalize, but it'll still be probably the highest month of the year. So something to be aware of in Santa Clara County, still an extremely strong market, very favorable, especially for those considering to sell, uh, given this env environment. Uh, I just lost on a bid recently. Uh, the property went, give you an idea, for Santa Clara County, the highest point previously was around June of 2018, uh, June, July, 2018. And so we lost on a bid recently against eight offers, and that went for about 5% higher than when they had bought it in May of that 2018. So you, uh, we're at all-time record highs when it comes to comparing it from before, but we're about a few percent higher than it was uh, comparing it to about two years ago. So something to be aware of and to note. Condos, townhomes, I mean, it's, it's relatively flat, just like San Mateo County. Contra Costa County. So uh, as I mentioned before, this was one of the hottest markets uh, in the Bay Area. Things have slowed down a little bit. We're still at uh, the third highest months. I, I suspect this will probably be a little bit higher as we conclude through September. This depends on the inventory because uh, there's also you know homes that are much more expensive, homes much less. But I suspect it's going to kind of average out maybe a little bit higher than this. Condos, townhomes, you can see, same story across the board. You can see, see the, the, what's been going on across what people really prefer and they, what they like in terms of asset classes. So uh, condos, townhomes, about the same result. Alameda County. Alameda County, uh, very positive, similar to like Santa Clara County, hit records high, record highs. I just closed on a house yesterday, uh, one of my uh, listings in Hayward. We broke records. Uh, we listed at 875. My clients bought it at the height about two, three years ago. I think they bought it for like 850 or something like that. Um, and uh, and, then, and then we end up selling for $934,000, right? So that's a 10% increase in the rec record high previously. So it gives you an idea like it's even, it's much stronger even in Alameda County right now as we speak. And it looks like the trend is going that way still. Condos townhomes a little bit stronger than the other markets given the prices are lower. So there is still a, a slight increase, but nothing too crazy, S single digit increases. Now let's take a look at San Francisco. San Francisco, so I updated this. I did a chart of how it looked in September 4 and in terms of the status and then now what does it look like today? 131 single family has sold. So we're about midway through the month. It's pretty much on schedule, right? You can see the last couple of months about 212. So single family still does pretty well. The prices have dropped a little bit, but it's still pretty good. I mean, year over year, it's still, but there is a slight decline though, just to be noted. Now, the number that have active versus number that are pending contingent, there is a higher amount of new listings. So there is more inventory that has come on in San Francisco for single family. Now, the question is related to condos. How does that market look? 
The number that has sold this month so far has been very positive. So we're at 161. So it's on pace to do better than it has been over the last several months. However, when you look at inventory levels, the number of active is a really high amount, 1297. And uh, number of pending contingent, 335. So not very much. So you have a huge gap, basically a difference of, what is that, 960 home gap, uh, whereas other areas are like, um, five home gap, <laughs> like there's like, like not, not much, right? It's, it's, it's significantly less. So something to be aware of, you have a lot of options. Now, what does that mean for prices? Interesting enough, prices have actually gone up since August, which August was a, a, a really low number. So we're kind of hovering. So a lot of it just has to go with what kind of property it is. You're not seeing too much distress. As I mentioned previously, a lot of people are just selling to buy another home. They don't really need to move, but there may be some opportunities from time to time you want to just be on the lookout for that if you're looking to buy a condo out in San Francisco. And the last to wrap this up is Marin County. So Marin County right now, average price point is about 1.85 million. Number of sold is 124. It's been a little bit slower. I think a lot of that has to, has to do with inventory amounts, but it's still a very popular area for a lot of people to move to. You have 317 that are active, 237 that are pending. So there's not too much to choose from but uh, still very strong out in Marin County. You can see what the effects were from whether it's from March, April to what it is now, or how it is from a year over year perspective, just incredible gains out in Marin County. Well, I hope this was helpful. I do this report every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific. This is streamed live on all my social media platforms, also recorded on YouTube. So if you're not familiar, feel free to subscribe to my YouTube channel if you're watching it on social media. Uh, all my videos are there. I post four videos a week. If you or anyone you know is thinking about buying, selling, or investing in the Bay Area, depending on what you're trying to do, it it's honestly, depend. like I said, depending on the strategy, There's it makes sense for everyone, which is a really incredible time right now, depending on your time horizon. So really interesting to see this information. Happy to have a conversation anytime. I've had over 20 people reach out to me directly through YouTube and podcast. So certainly not alone and it's greatly appreciated. If I can be of, help, of any help, let me know. Any questions, also leave in the comments below. I respond to every single question, whether it's a direct message or a public comment. And uh, have a good weekend. Things are starting to clear up here in the Bay Area. We see blue skies again. And I'll see you at the next one. Bye now. Thank you so much for making it to the very end of my podcast. If you are tired of renting in the Bay Area, are a homeowner looking to do a trade-up for a bigger home, or are a real estate investor, I would love to connect. Click on the Calendly link and let's set up a time to talk. It's never too early to talk about options and to work out a game plan. I also do have an email newsletter, so sign up on the link in the show notes, or you're welcome to watch all of my content on YouTube. See you at the next one.